European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance. Volume 43, Issue 25. Focus Issue, Cardiac and Vascular Surgery. By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. The Challenge of Risk Stratification in Aortic Aneurysms, Congenital Heart Disease and Coronary Bypass Surgery. This focus issue on cardiac and vascular surgery contains the clinical research article Aneurysm Growth, Survival and Quality of Life in Untreated Thoracic Aortic Aneurysms The Effective Treatments for Thoracic Aortic Aneurysms Study by Linda Sharples and colleagues from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine in the United Kingdom. Chronic thoracic aortic aneurysm of the arch or descending thoracic aorta is life-threatening if undiagnosed or neglected as aneurysms expand. The authors sought to observe, describe and evaluate management and timing of interventions for patients with untreated thoracic aortic aneurysms. A prospective study of the UK National Health Service or NHS patients aged greater than or equal to 18 years with new stroke existing arch or descending thoracic aortic aneurysms of greater than or equal to 4 cm diameters, followed up until death, intervention, withdrawal, or July 2019. Outcomes were aneurysm growth, survival, quality of life, using the EQ5D5L utility index, and hospital admissions. Between 2014 and 2018, 886 patients were recruited from 30 NHS vascular stroke cardiothoracic units. Maximum aneurysm diameter was in the descending aorta in 725, or 82% of patients, growing at 0.2 cm, 0.17 to 0.24, per year. Aneurysms of greater than or equal to 4 cm in the arch increased by 0.07 cm, 0.02 to 0.12, per year. Baseline diameter was related to age and comorbidities and no clinical correlates of growth were found. During follow-up, 129 patients died, 64 from aneurysm-related events. Adjusting for age, sex and New York Heart Association dyspnea index, risk of death increased with aneurysm size at baseline, as at ratio or HR 1.88. 25% confidence interval 1.64 to 2.16 per centimetre, P being less than 0.001, and with growth, HR 2.02 per centimetre, P being less than 0.001. Hospital admissions increased with aneurysm size, relative risk 1.21 per centimetre, P equaling 0.008. Quality of life decreased annually for each 10-year increase in age, minus 0.013, P being less than 0.001, and for current smoking, minus 0.043, P equaling 0.004. Aneurysm size was not associated with change in quality of life. The authors conclude that international guidelines should consider increasing monitoring intervals to 12 months for small aneurysms and increasing intervention thresholds. Individualised decisions about surveillance stroke intervention should consider age, sex, size, growth 
patient characteristics, and surgical risk. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by John Elefteriades, Mohamed Zafar, and Bulat Ziginshin from the Yale University School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut, USA. The authors note that Sharples et al. have developed an impressive network of reporting centers with great potential, especially considering the considerable data handling and statistical sophistication of the assembled team. Elefteriades and colleagues hope that they'll be able to continue their clinical follow-up. The quality of life analysis seems non-essential to the main clinical goals, so interval questionnaires could probably be suspended. In three to five more years, results from this study group can become a treasure trove of valuable data. The success over the past few decades in the treatment of congenital heart disease is expanding the number of patients reaching adulthood, thus posing new challenges. In particular, the criteria for good Fontan hemodynamics have been poorly defined in relation to long-term outcomes. In a clinical research article entitled Predictors of Long-Term Mortality Among Perioperative Survivors of Fontan Operation, Kai Inai and colleagues from the Tokyo Women's Medical University in Japan aim to identify the risk factors for mortality among hemodynamic parameters obtained early after the Fontan operation. Clinical data of all perioperative survivors of the Fontan operation performed before 2011 from nine institutions were collected through a retrospective chart review. In total, 1,260 patients were included. The median age at the time of Fontan operation was 3.6 years. Post-operative cardiac catheterization was conducted in 1,117 patients at a median period of 1.0 years after the operation. During the median follow-up period of 10 years, 107 patients died. The mortality rates at 10, 20 and 25 years after the operation were 5%, 12% and 22% respectively. On multivariable analysis, older age at the time of the operation, greater than or equal to 15 years, HR 3.2, and hemodynamic parameters obtained at post-operative catheterization, such as low ejection fraction, less than 30% HR 7.5, low systemic oxygen saturation, less than 80% HR 3.81, high central venous pressure, greater than or equal to 16 millimeters of mercury, HR 2.3, and low mean systemic arterial pressure, less than 60 millimeters of mercury, HR 3.0, were identified as independent predictors of mortality. The predictive model based on these parameters had a C-index of 0.75 at 10 years. The authors conclude that hemodynamic parameters obtained at a median period of 1.0 years post-operatively can accurately identify patients with a high mortality risk who may need intensive management to improve long-term outcomes. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Jack Reichick from the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, USA. Reichick concludes that INI and colleagues demonstrate that collaborative multi-center efforts with standardization of approach and common data collection yields valuable results. Creation of a standardized surveillance strategy 
that comprehensively characterizes the Fontan circulatory signature, serially administered over time, could provide a powerful tool to manage the many challenges these individuals face and truly improve outcomes. Postoperative troponin levels play a key role in risk stratification after coronary revascularization procedures. Current troponin cutoffs suggested for the postoperative workup of patients following coronary artery bypass graft or cabbage surgery are based on studies using non-high sensitive troponin assays and are arbitrarily chosen. In a clinical research article entitled High Sensitivity Cardiac Troponin 1 after coronary artery bypass grafting for post-operative decision-making. Asem Omran and colleagues from the Ruhr Universität Bochum in Bad Oeynhausen in Germany aim to identify an optimal cutoff and timing for a proprietary high-sensitivity cardiac troponin-1 or HSCTN1 assay to facilitate post-operative clinical decision-making. The authors performed a retrospective analysis of all patients undergoing elective isolated cabbage at their centre between January 2013 and May 2019. Of the 4,684 consecutive patients, 161 patients, or 3.48%, underwent invasive coronary angiography after surgery, of whom 86 patients, or 53.4%, underwent repeat revascularization. They found an optimal cutoff value for peak HSCTN1 of greater than 13,000 nanograms per litre, greater than 500 times the upper reference limit, or URL, to be significantly associated with repeat revascularization within 48 hours after surgery, which was internally validated through random repeated sampling with 1,000 iterations. The same cutoff also predicted 30-day major adverse cardiovascular events and all-cause mortality after a median follow-up of 3.1 years, which was validated in an external cohort. A decision tree analysis of serial HSCTN1 measurements showed no added benefit of HSCTN1 measurements in patients with electrocardiographic or echocardiographic abnormalities or hemodynamic instability. Likewise, early postoperative HSCTN1 elevations at a low yield for clinical decision-making and only later elevations, at 12 to 16 hours postoperatively, using a threshold of 8,000 nanograms per litre, 307 times URL, were significantly associated with repeat revascularization with an area under the curve of 0.92, 95% confidence interval, 0.88 to 0.95. Omran and colleagues conclude that their data suggests that for HSCTN1, higher cutoffs than are currently recommended should be used in the post-operative management of patients following cabbage. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Evangelos Janitis and Norbert Frey from the University Hospital of Heidelberg in Germany. The two conclude that overall, this study nicely confirms the general concept of the fourth universal definition of myocardial infarction, or 4UD, where clinical specificity is mostly maintained by the requirement for at least one ancillary criteria indicating relevant myocardial ischemia. Ultimately, a prospective management trial, based on biomarkers and clinical criteria of myocardial ischemia, 
should resolve the clinically important question of which thresholds should be applied for post-operative coronary angiography and potential revascularization. In a clinical research article entitled Impact of Myocardial Injury After Coronary Artery Bypass Grafting on Long-Term Prognosis, L. Pulzel, Lin and colleagues from the Medical University of Innsbruck in Austria aim to 1. Analyze the incidence of perioperative myocardial infarction, or PMI, depending on various current definitions in a real-life setting of cabbage surgery, and 2. Determine the long-term prognosis of patients with PMI depending on current definitions. A consecutive cohort of 2,829 coronary artery disease patients undergoing cabbage from two tertiary university centres with the presence of serial perioperative cardiac biomarker measurements, cardiac troponin and creatine kinase myocardial band, were retrospectively analysed. The incidence and prognostic impact of PMI were assessed according to 1. The 4UD, 2. The definition of the Society for Cardiovascular Angiography and Interventions, or SCAI, and 3. The Academic Research Consortium, or ARC. The primary endpoint of this study was a composite of myocardial infarction, or MI, all-cause death, and repeat revascularization. Secondary endpoints were mortality at 30 days and during five-year follow-up. There was a significant difference in the occurrence of PMI, 49.5% SCAI versus 2.9% 4UD versus 2.6% ARC. The 4UD and the ARC criteria remain strong independent predictors of all-cause mortality at 30 days. 4UD odds ratio, or OR, 12.18, P being less than 0.001, ARC, OR, 13.16, P being less than 0.001, and 5 years, OUD, HR, 2.13, P equaling 0.011, ARC, HR, 2.23, P equaling 0.010. Moreover, the occurrence of new perioperative electrocardiographic changes was prognostic of both primary and secondary endpoints. The authors conclude that incidence and prognosis of PMI differ markedly depending on the underlying definition of myocardial infarction for patients undergoing cabbage. Isolated biomarker release-based definitions, such as troponin, were not associated with PMI relevant to prognosis. Additional signs of ischemia detected by new electrocardiographic abnormalities, regional wall motion abnormalities, or coronary angiography, should result in rapid action in everyday clinical practice. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Christian Tiegelsen from the Aarhus University Hospital in Denmark and Alan Jaffa from the Mayo Clinic and Medical School in Rochester, Minnesota, USA. The authors conclude that these data help to move the field forward. They provide a critical concept that no biomarker has sufficient sensitivity and, more importantly, sufficient specificity to be used in isolation in the evaluation of patients post-cabbage. The data substantiate that the relationship of the definitions to prognosis does matter and that the SCAI definition, based on CK, MB and CTN, when CK, MB is not available, is not nearly as useful as the UDMI and the ARC definitions. 
of interest, the ECG, especially with the sophisticated processing associated with artificial intelligence, is beginning to re-emerge as a crucial tool. Perhaps it's time to re-evaluate and separate the role of biomarkers to derive our definitions and their very different role in helping to define prognosis. The revascularization modality of the treatment of left main stem disease, or LMSD, is debated. This issue also contains a viewpoint article entitled Left Main Revascularization and Evidence-Based Reconciliation by Greg Stone and colleagues from the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, New York City, USA. The authors note that percutaneous coronary interventions, or PCI, and cabbage are very different procedures with varying early and late risks and benefits. The two interventions should not be viewed competitively, but rather complementary. Among many patients with LMSD, there are clinical, anatomical, and other reasons, including operative expertise, to strongly favor one intervention. In Excel, PCI was deemed inappropriate for 38% of screened patients, mainly due to extensive non-LMSD-related obstructive coronary atherosclerosis, while 20% were ineligible for cabbage, mainly due to perceived surgical risk. For other patients in whom revascularization can be safely achieved by either procedure, the evidence from four large-scale randomized trials has demonstrated that long-term differences in major outcomes – death, stroke, and large MI – and quality of life after PCI and cabbage are small, and thus the early versus late trade-offs of the procedures – safety profile of PCI versus durability of cabbage – should inform clinical decision-making. In this regard, the principle of autonomy affords the right of competent adults to make informed decisions about their own medical care. Acknowledging that the patient is at the centre of the heart team and the fundamental importance of patient preferences, our responsibility as physicians is to communicate the likely differences in early and late risks and benefits from each procedure, as conditioned by each person's specific coronary anatomy and comorbidities, so that he stroke she may reach a treatment decision that will best achieve their personal life goals. The editors hope that the listeners of this issue of the European Heart Journal will find it of interest.